everyone. This is episode 35 of High Fantasy, or at least it better be because I was reading someone else's note that it was 35. Um, I think Colin got it right. Okay, we hope so. We should I really asked. pay attention to our notes better. So, uh, has anyone been productive since presumably 34? Uh, ish. I actually have written. Uh, the scene I've been stuck on, uh, I decided to completely scrap and rework, and it's actually working this time around, so that's exciting. Uh, so yeah, probably like 2,000 words maybe, but at least now the words are coming instead of just like 200 words and delete, then 200 words and delete. Okay, that's good. No. <laughs> uh, you're too busy waiting to go to wherever you're going. Cornwall and Wales. Yeah. Mm. Mr. I'm cool. Next Wednesday, a week from Wednesday. Ooh. So we need to. So we we will either not have a show next time, or we will need to find a uh, guest. Okay, find a guest. Yes. Just drag on the Dresden crew and make it a Dresden Files high fantasy episode. <laughs> you know that might be the easiest option. Okay, let's think about that. <laughs> uh, I have been thinking about being productive versus actually being well productive. if we're gonna go on that i'm on that page too because i sit in front of a computer at work all day and think this should be fun to put in my story <laughs> <laughs> well i was thinking about the uh urban fantasy story which probably helps with this topic that we're doing today and specifically how i want to try to draw it because i don't know how to tell stories in pictures i know how to do it with words and then i get distracted because i i want to do the coloring essentially with watercolors and so I start watching a bunch of videos of how to do watercolor paintings. Like, oh, that's fun. Four hours later, so I've done nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, I don't have the watercolors to work with. So it's like I can fantasize about working without actually having to commit to it. It's funny how when you're at work, you fantasize about actually accomplishing something. And then when you get home, it's just, I'm tired. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's also <laughs> like seven Life. hours later, you know. <laughs> so... Our our topic is geography. We did previously do geography, and I think it was a bit more centered on Just fantasy. building in general. Yeah, kind of like this is how rivers work and the basic rules of gravity. <laughs> 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 so now we can we can do a little bit more talking about cities, I guess. Kind of the way we were leaning towards. Oh, cities, real, fictional. Pros, cons of each, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Tell yeah. me why cities are where they are. Yeah. Okay. Let me rattle off about Chicago because why not? <laughs> <laughs> because my own urban fantasy. And it is totally out of trust and ripoff, I swear. <laughs> Chicago is on top of Lake Michigan, a gigantic lake, whole huge place of commerce. And that's where it started. It's just, it was a huge trading port. That's where most cities started. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one thing you probably got to be really careful with is timing. So yeah, there's these major cities now, but if you go back too far, they weren't major cities or they were a desert, you know, like Dubai or something. Oh, but- it is so funny to look at the, the population history of Arizona or just even just Phoenix, because in the 50s, there's a huge spike and that's when AC was developed. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you got to be, if you're using a real city, you got to be careful with what's whatever you're looking at. Just reading uh, Wheel of Time, and they've got a big port city called Tyr that's up the river. And the high lords of that city put a buildings tax on every town below them on the river. 
so that the more buildings in the town, the more taxes they are, because if they let any town downriver from them grow too large, then they'll take all the trade. Hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, especially the, the size or city size is one reason why everything happens in New York City, because it's been a big city. There's all sorts of commerce and trade and all that kind of stuff there already and always has been. So you can pretty much set any setting in New York City. Yeah. And when you're talking, especially the urban fantasy genre of like, oh, yeah, there's all sorts of monsters out there that eat people daily. It's like they're going to be able to hide in the big cities. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially if you said it like, you know, turn of the century, like 1905 or whatever. Such where, a fun time period. Yeah. So you, you could set in like 1905 New York and people are just dying, you know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they, there's just not enough police to... There's not enough police, but it's also like, you know, especially the time period of if someone just wanted to up and leave town, they could. And no one would know they left besides them being gone. You know, there isn't like Facebook or whatever, like, I've moved to California. (laughs) Yeah, basically up until internet, people could do that reasonably well up until like mid 80s, I'd say. Uh, I would say even uh, past, I'd probably say even into like, the late 80s, early 90s, you could probably get away with it, which is bouncing. So you could kill it's off harder, people with but it, do what? You could just kill off people with monsters and no one would be the wiser. Yeah. yeah okay, Dresden time. Uh, <laughs> uh, the conversation in Deadbeat that Dresden has with Butters of like how many people just go missing every year. It wasn't centered on a specific location, but you know, monsters need to eat people, apparently. Where do you think the ghouls all live? They probably live in places that have a really high death rate because they're just blending in. I mean, this country, there's thousands of people who go missing every year, and that's real life. Mm-hmm. And, and most of those people probably, like we're saying, are just bouncing and going missing of their own accord, I think. But, you know, urban no. fantasies are probably just food. They, they were dinner three weeks ago. <laughs> I'm a little morbid today, sorry. Yeah, that's what happens when you have lots of people and areas you just kind of start losing a couple on the outskirts and you don't notice oh yeah especially you know in more of a a lower income you know thing where especially police presence or technology is uh isn't as advanced or thick or whatever you want to however you want to say it i just had a really weird idea of basically human trafficking for supernatural creatures because it's harder to get food in certain cities It's a great idea. It <laughs> really is. I gotta work that in somehow. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Sorry. Because then oh, but then you would have this whole like the designer market for human meat, right? So like, mm-hmm. oh no, I don't like, you know, insert race. I much prefer insert other race (laughs) yeah like in various uh, vampire things sometimes it's like oh they have to like eat clean the entire time only vegan and stuff in order to taste the best (laughs) (laughs) hasn't there i swear there was was there a part of dresden where they drank someone's blood that wasn't healthy uh dresden took a poison in grave peril and then the vampires started feeding on him and they got sick nice yeah (laughs) Yeah, or if you really wanted to go there, you could have this like super racist vampire who's like, no, nah, I'm so tired of, you know, insert racial slur. <laughs> well, 
Well, if you want to make them really villainous, just make them ch- want children. <laughs> Veal, essentially. Veal <laughs> <laughs> mm, burger. This is something to do with like, geography. Can you imagine like the, the decadent sort of vampire girl that's like, no, I want to live in Hawaii, but there's not enough people, so I need to import it from like the Philippines. Go get me my food. <laughs> Great. <laughs> then you can have like a travel agent in the States who tricks people into taking these mm-hmm. trips to this luxurious resort where they just get eaten. Oh. It really reminds me at one point that, uh, when Bob was trying to convince Harry to leave Chicago for a little, I think in Grave Perils, like I know a thing that possessed a travel agent. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I'm sorry. I'm very disorganized today. I mean, there's all, I know there's, there's at least a couple of different like episodes of different shows where you know evil you know spa go you know starts like eating people or brainwashing people or whatever this definitely happened before always in my urban fantasy thing i plan on playing with the idea of ghouls of since in most literature they need to eat humans for whatever reason but if they're born not made then you have the situation of like people are still going to have families and they're going to have children like ghoul children that need to eat on other people it's very uncomfortable Do ghoul children prefer children because it's i don't know maybe there could also be the idea of when you're an adult maybe you can abstain a bit more but children have to eat humans uh, i'm gonna have fun with that <laughs> moralistically you got to figure out what the ghoul version of like Skittles is in terms of human anatomy, just to just to really eyeballs. make people uncomfortable. Eyeballs, toes, I don't know, the spleen. Sweet meats. Disturbing. <laughs> Does this relate to geography at all? Yeah, I don't know. Well, like as I've been thinking of ghouls, it's like they have to live in the big cities because that's where they can hide. They're not going to be able to live in a 50-person town in Iowa. They have to live in multi-million uh, population. So, sort of. Tangentially no stories take place in cities often. Yeah, because that's you where shit get happens. away with anything in a city. and Yeah, that's where things happen. That's where people and are. As Dresden has built up, Chicago and the places like it, they're the crossways. That's the, There's a whole bunch of symbolic things crossing there. That's why you can get to almost anywhere from Chicago during the Yeah, day. I feel like he Never. drastically overstates Chicago there. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of cities that are major crossroads in the world. Yeah, and, and you can probably do very similar with like LAX or like the, the ideas of the airports. O'Hare is an international airport. It's a huge airport as well. Wow. It's so one all of, of those places. Mm-hmm. So Chicago, New York, LA, Miami probably. Denver a little bit. Isn't Atlanta the... That's in terms of freight, I think. Okay. Yeah, it's up there. I hate oh, I hate Atlanta's <laughs> airport. <laughs> I have never heard anyone who enjoyed going to Atlanta and especially dealing with the airport. Like I know someone who had to go there and, and they landed at on time more or less. It took two hours to get to the rental car. Yeah, I've, I've, well, I've never done the rental, but I've had a lot of experiences where I land on time and I have like 30 minutes to get across like six terminals because of how they've... Uh, They've scheduled my flights. I'm like running, like <laughs> wet pouring, backpack on, just like, oh God. <laughs> There's nothing less fun than getting in at 8 a.m. on an international flight and then waiting for like 45 minutes at the rental counter. Yeah, it's, it's not fun. Now, another thing you could do if you want to, you know, look at body count is look at um, 
places with bad weather so mm. you could they could mask their their killings by like oh they got hit by hail or whatever or diseases like or the, diseases yeah um basically go to the third world countries of like this just everyone dies all the time it's normal mm. normalish so is this podcast about why everyone why you can just kill people in cities easily apparently <laughs> How to get away with murder, high fantasy style. Set <laughs> it in a city, and you're already halfway there. Yeah. <laughs> well, but this is, it'll be another good you know, ge- geographic things. If you don't want to start in a city, like these are some of the challenges you'd have to like figure out how to overcome. Mm-hmm. Or these Why people. does it happen? Where right. You have a vampire that really wants to live in a tiny town in the middle of nowhere. It's like retired. Dracula lived in a <laughs> castle in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, how did Dracula feed you know can you just go fly into i I don't i don't know his servants probably bought him food right okay so they went hunting people and no one had the ability to make him stop essentially yeah i still haven't finished the dracula Mm. but then he goes to london that makes more sense even when you start out of the city you kind of end up in cities well it's just so much easier especially you know if you use a real world city where everyone can just kind of go, oh, it's London, big yeah. city. You know, the, the, the heft and grandeur of this city is already in our heads. You know, if you go to New York City, Chicago, LA, whatever, it, it's even a lot different if you were to use like a real world city like St. Louis. Even though it's a big city, most people don't have this pre-built mindset of what St. Louis looks like. Even my pre-built mindset of Chicago never really comes up in Dresden. Really? I mean, oh, I picture that. I'm, I'm kind of familiar that I've lived uh, I've never been. an hour of it no. before. But like I picture the giant skyscrapers on the water and lots of wind and. Really dumb looking one in the middle. It kind of looks like Domo. You know, it's just like, eh, dumb looking. <laughs> I love it. But like you never really see that scale in Dresden. So if you're making up a new city, a new, especially big city. How would you go about like creating this heft and grandeur in the readers' minds? Well, ask Alex how she tries to make a Victorian London that's not London. I have. Or is it gonna be London? Uh, okay. The basic trying to keep the same ideas of like, okay, this is London. It's just gonna be called something different, dressed a little bit differently, to make sure that like I can get away with the shit I want to change. It's still gonna be a huge commerce town. Because like, that's one of the things that London excels at. It's got the rivers, it's got the waters, all the boats. And the British relied on their navy so much. It's, that's still really important. And then when you have that many people living there, everything else has to be around it in order to support it. Like people need like bread. So you can have a bunch of bakers and they have the routes getting there to bring in grain from the countryside or all of those things to support the industry, at the least one industry of say boats or anything else. Hmm. basically trade is like the thing you need to have established in order to have a city anywhere um sometimes it depends on other resources like if you're in a desert it doesn't matter where the trade is going it goes where water is right yeah and that's that's one of those reasons why like in a big city you don't have to explain anything are there blacksmiths well it's a big city you you just need it if you go with like a small city or like even a settlement or trading outpost you're like well water the 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 options get a lot more limited because you know especially outposts and stuff everything revolves around water 
It almost, unless there's some kind of magical means to say that doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, anything can be hand-waved. Just these things need to be explained at some point. If you're going to say, no one needs water because they make their own or something, who fucking cares? You just need to kind of establish that in order to get away with it. Right, and then you got to like look at, well, at least in, because I mostly write sci-fi, then you have this whole other thing to deal with of you want like, single climate biodomes and how does that affect things because if you if you read a lot of sci-fi what ends up happening is each planet is defined by one city on the planet and one biome and one biome is a lot of times so it, it ends up being just a city on another continent if you thought of it as one world where they just have to you very rarely see multiple climate types on one planet because you really only see one city. Meh. It's a <laughs> in a lot of sci-fi, in my opinion. Is that well, I, I agree completely. And it's one of the things I try very hard not to do, but I get why it happened. You can get a, away from that whole issue if you keep things more in like space stations. Like, so space station is basically there's a huge no city. biome. Yeah, there's no biome. You do have to worry about... Well, Stations have their own things of like, okay, well, well, what are we going to hand wipe? How are we going to do? How are we going to do water? How are we going to do air? How are we going to do gravity, etc.? Yeah, the gravity is always the one that throws me. Like, how do you actually explain artificial gravity? We generate it via a machine that I'm going to call this Gizmo. <laughs> right. Or in unless Artemis. everything is spinning, it doesn't make sense. Right. Uh, in Artemis, there's actually a thing called the Gizmo. <laughs> But they they do just have moon gravity in. That's one thing I did like about that book. uh, The Andy Andy Wire Weir, however you say his name, guy who wrote The Martian. So everything takes place on the moon. So he uses just like moon gravity and does a good job of explaining how that would affect uh, like architecture and design decisions in terms of buildings if you only had one sixth gravity. Then everybody's super weak. Yeah, they talked about that, how like the main character, since she was born on the moon, could never go to Earth mm. because she would die. Interesting. Mm. On our Harrington series, uh, they talked about like there's basically three planets in the Manticorn systems, and one of them has like 1.4, 1.6 Earth gravity. Um, so she was always like a bit stronger than others. And when she worked out, she wanted to up the gravity in the workout room and everyone else would hate her. <laughs> yeah, that's, like, a, that's another thing you with with like geography and locations is prerequisites for living in each area that a, a character might have to overcome or deal with to go from place to place. Like the Aiel and Wheel of Time are from a desert and get panicked when they see moving water. Because they're not used to it. Because it doesn't exist where they're from. I think one of the characters walks in on someone in the bath and is just like, oh my God, are you drowning? <laughs> <laughs> what happens if you throw them in a lake? They'll probably kill you afterwards. <laughs> they can't be afraid of water. They understand how important it is. Why not just enjoy it? Well, but they could be afraid of large bits of water. I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Like, if you're not used to seeing it, seeing all of it at once could be very freaky. Yeah, I can see that. Hmm. I'm just feeling very cool. It's like, I want to, okay, throw them in a puddle, like a pond, and then, like, get bigger and bigger. I'm just getting weird tangents <laughs> right now. <laughs> and throw them in the Pacific Ocean. 
Why do you want to torture everybody? Because she's mean. That's why. She's a jerk. I don't have, like, we're not very well prepared for this particular episode, so I'm just kind of wandering instead of having, like, a list that I need to go down. Yeah, no, Director Alex wants to murder people. That's why. And stab them, don't forget. And stab them, yes. I was going to say earlier about uh, even when you don't start in cities, in the case of Wheel of Time, you know, they are a bunch of farm boys. They're a bunch of farm boys, and then by the end of the first book, they're in major cities, and then the rest of the books basically just become a tour of all the cities in the world. It's just so much easier. Where things happen. Yeah, there's just a lot of stuff you don't have to deal with if you are in a big city. Cities are a lot of bothers me. Of, right. of how many characters you can get. Cause, like you can have the really rich people, you can have really poor people, everyone in between. So it's, <laughs> as it is in real life, it's just like the fulcrum of where things happen. Right. Well, obviously, and I get why everything is there, but people like, I don't know, maybe as just a kid from the mid, you know, middle of America, I feel underrepresented <laughs> in my stories. Are there any good stories not set in, like just set in backwater places? Hatchet. I haven't read it. <laughs> it was a story of a kid who got lost in the woods. Oh, oh right. Yeah, that well, one. I mean, if you, if you want to go to some TV, like uh, Justified is pretty good. And it's set in, you know, somewhere in nowhere, the South. Or ten- like somewhere in like Tennessee or something, I think. Like, I feel like, is there any fantasy stories that, I mean, there must be. I guess, uh, what's it called? The Chronicles of Pride Wayne. Pride Wayne. Pridane. Uh I've not really, read it. Oh, I love that series, but he never really goes to the cities. He's always in between them when he's even in, if he ever goes to cities at all, really. True Blood series kind of comes to mind. If it takes place in tiny towns and it just really stretches the imagination as to why. Exactly. Because it's like, what are all those important people doing there? You <laughs> go to big cities, just like, really? You care about that tiny town in Louisiana? Aren't they vampires? Vampires, werewolves, were tigers. Like do they that. need to feed them people? Vampires do. Where do they find enough people in a little town? Well, they had like fake blood. That was one of the things about true blood. Now that there was fake blood available, they can come out of the coffin, ha ha, and be vegan. <laughs> God, I never watched the show then. <laughs> the show's actually pretty funny. <laughs> it, um, Is it supposed to be funny? Book. Yeah, they, they did a really okay. good job of making it. Like I, I watched a couple of seasons and it was pretty good. And then the book's... I heard the books got super weird. Well, it's just kind of like fizzled because basically half of it is Sookie cleaning her house. I'm carrying. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm not kidding. Like, there's, they're the the southernly people that's like, so presentation is everything. And they, they, like, okay, there's like vampires and someone's going to die and I have to save them. And I, oh, telepathy, I have to clean my house. And then all of the like string of boyfriends, like okay, a vampire, and then another vampire, and then a were tiger, and then another vampire. Is like, what, is she, what is she? She's a part fairy human. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the only thing I really know about me. that show is Deborah Ann Wall is in it. Which one's she? Uh, you probably recognize her. Uh, she Jessica Hamby is who she plays. Oh, oh, Jessica. Yeah, yeah she was okay. But yeah, she's in the Netflix Daredevil, and that's where I know her from. Everyone's like, oh, she's in True Blood. I'm like, oh, I've never seen that show. <laughs> she did a um, pretty good job with the character she was given, which is kind of dumb teenager vampire. Um, <laughs> it, the, the people who executed True Blood, the show, did a pretty good job. 
but they had not a great series to work with in terms of the full overarching story. So is there a reason it takes place in a small town in Louisiana? Because she decided it takes place in Louisiana. Why not? New New Orleans sounds like a perfect city for that kind of stuff. They go to New Orleans once in a while, but because that's where Sookie was and and then Bill and then people are drawn to that area and then (laughs) Wear Panthers. (laughs) Wear Panthers. (laughs) What? Yeah. I feel like this is just about why you st- your story should be in a city because there's really not good reasons not to be. <laughs> well, I feel like there could be. I just can't remember any ones that did it well. I mean, even all. Game of Thrones is a hell of a lot of traveling outside of cities. Right. They're always trying it to also through. really depends on time period, right? Yeah. You know, if you're doing... Because if you wanted to set like a Western, you know, a traditional Western, you would have smaller hmm. towns... Dodge City was still a city. It's in the name. Because it's still like, okay, it's the sheriff versus the bad guy. And like the sheriff's only to be in a place where there are people. Well, obviously, but you don't have it being a big city. It could be, you know, little itty bitty city with like 12 buildings. That's not. It's it's relative. (laughs) You know, those 12 buildings are certainly bigger than the one building 10 miles away. (laughs) And then like nothing for another 100 miles. You know, it's a. I feel like in that case, the Western setting is the city. The, I, I could agree with that. Yeah, there, there is certain like the set, you know, you, the, the entire area is the city. So you have like the pastures and the farms and it just kind of sprawls forever. In that, in that case, I can kind of argue that every setting you put a story in is a city in some way. Oh. I feel like it just the connotation of why your story is where it is, is very stretched definition of a city. Almost all stories have to do with people versus other people, right? So those people, they're going to be in cities when they interact with each other because that's where the majority of people are. And there's man versus nature. Right. Yes, but those are not the most stories that we see. True. Certainly not in fantasy or even sci-fi, not really. Yeah, for sure. The Martian is pretty much the only one that you can get that doesn't take place in a city. And even then, everything that happened on Earth was in a gigantic city because that's where they had the spaceships. Yeah, the well, you in maybe not a city per se, but like you do get a lot of sci-fi and like like the twelve-person crew kind of thing. Yeah. So you get that. That's that might be an exception. It's but it's much more like man versus environment or man versus alien kind of man versus well, there's a lot of threat. Man versus man on the a lot of times. Event horizon. It's like yeah, yeah okay, like you got it, both. When you isolate a small group of humans on a spaceship like that you kind of make them turn against each other and and if you have reasons to lock the 12 people you need in your tiny little town in a room sure you could do that you just you have to build in those reasons as as to why everything that's important happens in a tiny area and if anything is larger than (laughs) one house or room then you run out of space i feel like if your readers are sitting back and wondering why your story is taking place where it is your story is not interesting enough. Yeah, location and plot do need to interconnect and feel organic between the two of them. Yeah. Cannot think of a I fantasy mean, story that took place in a small town. Does a castle full of students count as a small town? You mean Hogwarts? No. Yes. That's, that's a, that's a big town. Every year there's, oh, here's another 10 new students. <laughs> hey, it's a, big, it's a big school. It is. I went to a pretty small university and I definitely met people like my senior year who had been there Every year I was there, never met him before. 
I went to a really small high school. There was like 250 students tops. In the school? In the school, yeah. Oh, I was a class of like, there was a, think, almost a thousand kids in my high school at one point. I think there, I was a class of about 40, 45. It's weird because my high school now is, my town has gone to, we had three elementary schools, one's closed, still two, but now seventh and eighth grade are at the high school. And it's like just, my brother is a year older than me. Him and my classes were like the biggest classes they've had. And now there's just like no one. Hmm. It just shrunk. And now we don't know what to do with all those buildings. Ooh, that could be a very interesting setting. A dying city. So you have all these like abandoned buildings. And so essentially just abandoned buildings in every big city. Look at Dresden. He always finds a warehouse to duke it out in that no one's been in. <laughs> right. But I mean like one city that was once flourishing is now constricting for various reasons. That's always fun. Yeah. And those reasons are usually not very happy. So conflict right there. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you look at uh, like boom towns and stuff that existed uh, for a very finite reason. And and then when the boom town goes away, they become boot camp for new wardens. <laughs> Sorry. I was going to ask. How <laughs> Way too easy. Like, how often is Dresden out of Chicago? He goes at one point, apparently, he went to Oklahoma. There was a tornado chasing them. Uh, I mean, where was uh, Ebenezer? Yeah, and apparently, like, Kelly told me he was up in a Sooner, and I was not happy with that. Huh, say again? Like the one where he goes to Oklahoma, like like it's there's for some reason the University of Oklahoma is in there, and I was not a fan of that because I don't like OU. <laughs> like I will probably never read that story because of OU. I'm actually I'm not sure which story it is. It was something that was briefly mentioned. Is it going to be briefcase? I don't know. I don't think. I so, think it was the Bigfoot one. I don't. I have never uh, read any of the Bigfoot ones, so um, I don't. Obviously, I don't know those. Um, I want a Dresden book that doesn't take place in Chicago. I don't know if that will happen, honestly. Because the entire book doesn't take yes. place in Chicago? Yeah, that's probably never going to happen. But never... has said that the next few books will be in Chicago. Next I week. could have said that. It's <laughs> <laughs> so pretty easy. It is the location. <laughs> and now he's got demon reach. You know, it's like he's very stuck there. Okay. Yeah. Tires. Yeah. Either that I mean, or you literally just... I have read series that like uh the Caliandro series by Rob Thurman it starts in New York and they always go back to New York but there like was an entire book that was essentially a road trip it worked it was great having like five supernatural people stuck in a car together <laughs> yeah it was kind of fun but they, people tend to get centered on one area unless yeah. they're weirdly nomadic they're just like no this is home this is where I go back to so it's mm-hmm. normal that's a very human thing to not want to move too much. And it's something I've seen, you know, because I have moved across the country and lived in a bunch of different areas. But one, like for the majority of people, moving more than two or three hours away from where they're born is just unthinkable. It, a lot of it has to do with like family ties and family support. And a lot of times if they want to move 3,000 miles away, it could be because they're running away from family. <laughs> It's very true. It's probably going to get away from family. And I have moved a whole lot. It's just like, if you're trying to build stability, then you need to... <laughs> yeah. How, where were you born and how far away from you are it, from it right uh, now? Well, I was born in Boston, about an hour away. But the house I was, I grew up in... Sorry, the house I grew up in is the house I'm in right now. But the house I was born into is about 10 minutes that way. <laughs> <laughs> I was there till I was about two and a half, three. Then we lived in a rental for six months. And then we built this house. 
It's a little foreign to me because I grew, I moved around. <laughs> yeah, so the idea of moving around is so confusing. Yeah, th- I'm at like my 32nd address. I mean, I have like been to. Yeah, so, so you've you've traveled. You've gone to Ireland several times. You're going back to England, and I mean, it's I just been... t- to compare. I've never been outside the country, but I've lived in seven states. I've never been. Out- hmm. But and so it's weird to think yeah. of having one place for so long. Like the longest I've ever lived anywhere was five years. Yeah, it's something we were we were talking about me and my wife were just last night of like how a lot of times in like television shows like whenever the main character goes back to their family, their room is still just the way it was in high school. I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't have a room. <laughs> I don't have a room. What is this? What are you, what are you talking about? They have I all those. Look at this room. I've gotten downstairs. In TV shows, they have that like, oh, this is where all the heights were recorded all throughout. They're growing up. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Doesn't happen. What about uh, season five of Buffy when, you know, magic happens and she has a sister? Where did a room in the house for a sister come from? <laughs> magic, man. Magic. Are you not familiar with that? No. I didn't watch much of Buffy because uh, I didn't like Buffy. In uh, season five of Buffy, she gets a sister that's like 18. Yeah, just randomly. Yep. She all of a sudden has a sister because of magic, actually, really. <laughs> a magical key was turned into a woman and... What? Every like there was just a magic hand wave behind the scenes of magic that everyone suddenly completely acknowledged that she has a sister. Yep. I never cared for Josie. <laughs> but was there just like an empty room in the house, an office or something? Could be. Maybe I guess. <laughs> but there's a there's a really bad uh, thing, especially in television, of how the city just sort of expands as it's needed. And the next thing you know, <laughs> it's like a fucking metropolis, <laughs> even though it started out as this like little Midwestern town. That's one thing about uh, TV shows. And they say, oh, this is a really tiny town. It's like, did you have a Walmart? That's not tiny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, they just, they want to make an episode about this. So that has to be there. Even though there's no reason for something like that to be in this. If there's constantly someone that you don't know, you're not in a tiny town. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. I mean, small town maybe, but not tiny. I have lived in a town that was so small that basically everyone says, you have a shotgun, right? Because the bears are going to come out in spring. And yet the bear did try to break into the house. And we didn't have a shotgun. (laughs) And then conversely, I've lived in really large cities as well. It is just, it's weird. Both of them. Yeah, it's just guy next door that's going to be. Uh, someone's always going to try to break into the house. Yeah, I live in a town with 20,000 people and someone tried to break into my house. Hey, it's big enough for a Walmart. Shut up. There's a Walmart like three towns over. Well, yeah, but you got to understand like in the Northeast, like towns just sit on top of each other. Yeah, I don't. Well, there's no real like there's lines on a map somewhere. Yeah. But the town like, just covers Technically speaking, the, the Walmart I go to most days is like five towns away. But it's six, seven miles, maybe. To be fair, I live on, on a man-made island peninsula thing. So, like, the Walmart kind of serves the entire Cape. All 10, 12 towns, whatever it is. I just realized another thing about cities that is really helpful when you're trying to establish why people go there and go away or whatever. Colleges. Mm-hmm. Universities, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, in, in that, you could always do a very interesting juxtaposition, juxtaposition of... Big university in a little town. Well, that oh, basically that just first. becomes the university is the town. Essentially, but you can, but you could always work on it to where you have this whole thing of 
yes, yeah, sure, the university is thriving, but you could have a perspective from outside the university of this small town that's really struggling. In my experience, that small town may not be struggling much just because the university people are going to leave campus at some point and go eat somewhere. It's, it's a huge yeah. industry of just supporting college students. So, for instance, wonderful I, when you're looking for cheap food. I went to UMass Amherst. Amherst is a small town of 37,000 people. The university is 30,000 people, students. I'm actually surprised there's 37,000 people in Amherst. That's like there's a street with some shops on it. When, when I first moved to Stillwater. Um, that is such a small town name. Yes. I think there was like 12,000 permanent residents in the city. Like it would, when I talk, when I say, I mean, it's a small town, but there was 27,000 college kids. <laughs> yeah. That's to be the pizza shop owner. <laughs> I mean, it's growing now, but it's, it's one of those things where it's hard to make, it's actually really hard to be there just by the university. Yeah. You know, because if you're not working for the university, you're probably not get paid all that well. So when I, especially when I first moved there, if you weren't working for the university, the level of, uh, oh, what am I, what's the word? The quality of life was pretty low for people not employed by the university because there wasn't a lot of other business there. It's like a weird form of boom town with a specialized There's thing. A third type of location, city built. You've got trade, education. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is the entirety of Nizal. Dubai. Yeah, well, Dubai is, I mean, that's that's a whole other weird thing. <laughs> Dubai is weird to hear about because it it's trying to attract the, the tourists of people like, yeah, let's go to this exotic place of really pretty buildings and party. But it's still an Islamic state area, so... They're also trying to attract business. Yes. Yeah. But they do not look take kindly to alcohol or mm. promiscuity. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm sad that I know this, but an entire Sex in the City movie was based around that. <laughs> what? <laughs> look. <Really? laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it was the second one. They go to Dubai and it's all about these, like, you know, really slutty women. Uh, huh? Did they all end up in jail? Is that how it ended? Uh, they were, if I remember right, they were essentially run out of town. Oh, so they got the better treatment. Yeah. (laughs) Because there've been a lot of stories of people like getting thrown in jail for doing things that they thought they were allowed to do because they went to Dubai, which, and they thought it was a party city. And if all these fancy Uh, hotels that they're trying to build and, and bring in tourism and stuff, they're also not like building the city in a decent way. So it is, you're trying to just go across the street it'll take you an hour and four different like detours. <laughs> was someone, t- J- was Jacob telling us like he had to cross this, like a major highway? Huh? Just like every day they had to leave their hotel and they had to cross this extremely busy, like five lane highway. And that was just like the start of to do anything. You had to walk across this highway. I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. Maybe it wasn't this podcast then. But yes, I was right. It was Sex in the City 2 where they go to Dubai. What huh? writer sat down and thought about <laughs> Let's do that. Well, sorry, Abu Dhabi, according to Wikipedia. Oh, that might be a bit different. But that's still UAE. Mm-hmm. So then again, I'm often wondering how people sat down and came up with these ideas. Drink heavily and <laughs> probably some amount of cocaine. Well, I'd wonder, like, in love or what they, or what? probably what happened is, hey, 
the tourism board of so-and-so really wants to pay for this, so make it happen. That's how a lot of those decisions get done. Product placement, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, if I were writing a book and Pepsi was like, we really want the main character to love Pepsi, I'm like, sure, done. No problem. <laughs> Community did it best with all their product placement. They made Subway a character. That was really funny. Mm-hmm. I've been reading show Superstore. I, I know. It's so good. That's not Walmart. That's not Walmart. <laughs> so what are the reasons or why stories need to take place in cities? I was going to ask, is there a way we can justify not taking place in a city? Mm. Well, a, well, I mean, city. I guess part, you know, size of city, you know, could change things. Like if it's uh, a touristy location, you still get like the cross section of people. I feel like a lot of times when stories don't start in cities, it's because they want their main character to be that bumbling, inexperienced person. So when they go to the city, then they're then you can go and the eyes so big and shiny. Right, but I often feel like that they don't portray that super well. It's just like, look, just because they have never been there doesn't mean they're stupid. <laughs> I guess they did. He does a of time. Like they get to the big city they go to after the little farm, and it's like, wow, this small little inn is the size of the in in our town that we grew up in mm-hmm. and then they get to the actual main city that's like 10 times the size of the little city they were at and they're no longer thinking like they're now comparing things to that small city and very quickly they just kind of completely lose touch with the small farm they grew up on yeah that seems normal yeah your reference yeah. points get blown way out of whatever you're aware yeah. of and so it's just like oh okay yeah sometimes fantasy stories like you'll have a person 10 books later who up in a small town in a city and it's like they're not going to continuously compare things to the small town anymore no i mean, i i can compare like i compare the differences between you know where i live now versus oklahoma city or tulsa or Stillwater, fucking kingsford <laughs> you know there's there's all sorts of ways to compare but it's not something i'm constantly doing and then jordan does the opposite and has a character who grew up in a fishing city 30 years later every single thing she says is a fishing metaphor even though she's so far disconnected from that life that it just well, really wouldn't. See, that I, can, that I can buy a little bit because there are definitely some uh, phrases and other things, um, idioms that I use that are very specific to like this little pocket I grew up in. Like no one else I've ever <laughs> talked to knows them, but like my family uses them like crazy. So, like, I, I can see that happening because it's just, you know, how you talk. And, you know, the first probably 15 years of your life will probably will affect how you talk a lot. Yeah. yeah, especially with, especially with idioms. 80% of my conversations with my brothers are Simpsons references. <laughs> just what we grew up watching. My parents are always confused when we're all together. <laughs> Even my birthday card this year was a Simpsons reference. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's just so many referential things that you just miss when you live in a different location oh yeah it was, it was your birthday recently, wasn't it yeah happy, happy birthday. birthday i just remembered that thank now. you guys okay. it was a uh, card that had uh Ogdenville, north haverbrook and brockville the monorail episode when mm-hmm. getting the monorail in the town put them on the map in reference to this podcast episode content <laughs> uh, i was hoping it'd be like i choose 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 not to be around you on your birthday <laughs> That's so mean. <laughs> but it's funny. So pretty much we've established you have to be in a city. <laughs> because we can't imagine not being in a city. 
even okay well, someone if, pull if up an doing, example of not being in the city That's if you're doing human versus human human yeah because if you're doing like human versus environment then you know there may not be another human yeah but it's like if anything it's like if your story has people multiple where are they going to meet probably in a city right the um you see a lot of like that kind of sort of um disparate spread out kind of thing in uh like post-apocalyptic so it's more of a travel log where like you find these little pockets of people i don't know if you call them cities or like camps or whatever but that's uh yeah, that, that's one genre where you see a like a much smaller, even even man versus you know human versus human, but tends to be more of like a ch- extended chase kind of idea. But those places will be cities eventually. Eventually, I mean, recovering from an apocalypse tends to. Where you go to find canned food, you go to the city. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna write a book that takes place inside like a Walmart during the zombie <laughs> apocalypse. <laughs> Summer night. In, uh, oh yeah, was that that early? Summer night. That's I'm when they have to fight Walmart with the uh, what's he called it? The plant Chloro. monster. Yeah, chlorophyll. Okay, it was chlorophyll. I was gonna say like zombie stories often become how do I get out of the city? Yeah, because there's too many people that Pearl are now. did it fairly well. Yeah, mm-hmm. I haven't read it yet. It's on my shelf of books. Sorry. Yeah, that, that is a good point. Like a lot of destruction movies is all about getting away from the city, away from the people, or away from the coast. If it's so like in those situations, most people live. it starts in the city and then you go away from it versus other things that go out from the city into it. The cities are important. Yes. Yeah. So if you want to be lazy, just set your story in New York City and you can make it all up from there. Because even as like we saw, like especially like in Friends or even... Friend, well, friends, Seinfeld, uh, How I Met Your Mother, they're all like in this giant city that you see like itty bitty part of, like this bunch. They could all coexist in the same story. Yeah, they could easily. You know, so you you can create these fictional little suburb, you know, neighborhoods in these giant cities, and everyone's just okay with it because it's a giant city. It, it could work. Just read a story in the post about it in a trailer for 28 something a month in rent. Mm-hmm. They've been living there since the 60s. Oh, rent control. Passed away, yeah. And it was like someone bought it in like 2003. And then like the most he could up her rent in a year was like $1.20. <laughs> wow. So until she passed away, she was living in downtown Manhattan at. Did they say like what it uh what the rent went up to? It's got to be like four or five grand if it was nice. No, they haven't uh, sold it yet. It needs a lot of work. Yeah, if, yeah. If one tenant for that long, they probably need to do a huge. Yeah, update. but still, I mean, it's going to be worth so much. So money. those rent control apartments in downtown New York do exist. They're just really hard to find. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I remember one company was wanting me to move there, and they were. I was like, "You want me to?" live where for how much how small of an apartment for how many thousands of dollars a month it was like a 700 800 square foot apartment for like 3500 dollars a month like, that's one got that, a three bedroom house for 850 that, that's the big thing that's bad about big cities of just like they've got so many people in such a tiny space which costs. no one ever talks about like there's no way 
Well, Grant, they, they hand wave at least Monica and Rachel's place in France as being rent controlled. But like, how I met your mother? No way in hell those fuckers are affording that <laughs> apartment. I mean, it's, it's like an $8,000 a month apartment. I love, there was another Post article that compared uh, apartment sizes in Manhattan and what reality would cost. And none of those shows. I think um, Girls, I think it is, uh, was like the utter fantasy of <laughs> it was like the worst defender, but even like, but well, but Seinfeld was also. I mean, granted, things were expensive during that show, but not as bad as they are now. True, like it's been a real sort of exponential climb up. Yeah, Ted's apartment was fucking huge. Yeah, two bedrooms, two or one bath. Yeah, it was huge. Seriously, <laughs> stupid. It was at least at least they tried in Friends to hand wave it like, oh, it's you know, rent control. Monica's grandmother who now lives in Florida. Yeah. Just give me something. Give me a little fucking real. Huh? Seinfeld's apartment's not huge. No, it's like a one bedroom. Like, yeah, it's 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 probably expensive, but he could have Oh yeah. I mean he bought his dad a Cadillac. I mean, come on, he could afford it. (laughs) I just watched that episode, so Uh, yeah. I don't don't know if I'm gonna finish it. I'm I'm trying, but set your characters in a city and then hand wave where they live away because it's impossible to actually put a person in a livable apartment at a livable wage. What what I'm I did for mine is that like okay she's gonna have a really really tiny apartment because she's a waitress at 19 years old how so does penny got- afford her apartment who <laughs> what the hell <laughs> that's uh, that, uh big bang theory yeah that, that's uh, that is four a- people living is it all four people no it's just the two of them what's his name Leonard. right but they have real jobs they like- have real jobs she's a waitress at cheesecake factory Right. Where the, yeah, there, that is something that actually comes up a lot is like, how the fuck does she afford that? Either that or it's a cheap apartment and Leonard and Sheldon are just banking. To be fair, the elevator has never been fixed. So, yeah, that's true. It's probably a really cheap rundown. And, you know, it is around a university. So maybe it's sort of like that, like, weird student bubble where things are cheaper but you don't get anything for it like the super doesn't fix anything pretty much um urban fantasy main character's apartment's like 400 square feet nice i drew this out i figured i was like this is exactly as much as she could possibly need in a report yeah my uh one my older brother and his wife when they moved to jersey their apartment was like 387 square feet (laughs) It was super tiny. And I've seen it. I've, I've seen what a really small apartment looks like. Oh, God. Yeah, I wish I could take my college apartment and just, like, put it in Boston <laughs> at that cost. Nice. Yeah, like, I had a... My first apartment was smaller, but it was also in Stillwater, Oklahoma. So it was, like, 500 bucks a month for a two-bedroom. Yeah, it was 600 a month for one bedroom. That was larger than my... But it was so second what? story in the city. Don't explain how your main character can afford where he lives, because... Or do, because that's one thing or I enjoy about Dresden. It's the fact that, like, I can't afford to live anywhere nicer than this tiny it's thing that barely... Boarding house. Yeah. If you explain it and why it works, like... Just, yeah, it, character is underdog. Mm-hmm. Or, you know... There was apartment... My parents never. were really rich and died and Aww. left me a ton of money. Your character doesn't have to be poor. <laughs> this is true. It just create You know, if the character is poor, it creates a, a bigger rooting interest. And sympathy. And, but we and, do love I mean, Batman, so... Carl... <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm thinking your joke. Oh. <laughs> what travels down an alley and has holes in it? My parents. <laughs> God, no, no, no. 
<laughs> These are the fun things you get to see if you are a patron and hang out on our Discord. Have you ever seen Very inappropriate memes about Bruce Wayne's parents. Have you seen the one with him on the phone? Which, which one? Um, he's on the phone and he answers it as Batwayne. Fuck, wait, no. <laughs> Shit, no. <laughs> no, I haven't seen that one. Important conversations happening now. Oh, yeah. And we didn't even get to like some fun stuff of like, you know, people like see you inland versus oceans. And there's all sorts of fun crap you can Sorry, get into. Facial expressions in that comic that make it for me. Oh, I have to read it afterwards. Because this is an auditory podcast and looking at memes actually doesn't do anything for the conversation. <laughs> Hey, I could totally throw so, it. If you're inland, are you on a river, basically, for cities? Yeah, yeah you have to be around water pretty much. Yeah. I mean, it depends on the time period. Or you could basically just be, this is as far as we can go into the mountains. We're going to stop here because then that's Denver. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, oh, yeah, we were following the trail everyone else says, I ain't going over that hill. Just stop here. <laughs> yeah, that does happen. Or a traveling stop city. Yeah. Those exist. They did well. They existed. Now they're just there, mm-hmm. right? And you are the whole. Um, we're doing this to. Oh, what am I trying to think? Uh, like the city where people stop for the winter, kind of idea. So that, like, that's why that city is there. It's sort of tourism, but like you can't pass the mountains, and then you have this natural barrier and conflict and that kind mm-hmm. of crap. Yep. So it, it's pretty much either weather or water. That's where you're going to be. <laughs> or space. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I think we've, <laughs> we've exhausted our abilities. Unless we just want to get really far out there. So thanks for coming out. <laughs> Check us out, brokenjars.xyz, patreon.com forward slash brokenjars. I am Jacob, as always. You can find me on Twitter at Jacob Ingalls. Uh, I am also on Great Scott and SimTalk if you want to find me on other podcasts. Colin is a slacker. He's not on anything else. Director Alex is a recluse. He's <laughs> on the Dresden Files. If you really like the Dresden references, that's the other place I do those. <laughs> it actually has a purpose. Well, we, uh, we appreciate you coming out and we will see y'all next time.